0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen, it's the best.
1: Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. She's a comedian, a puppeteer, a producer, and someone who has opinions about having bangs. It's Phoebe Bottoms.
0: Hi, everybody. <laughs>
1: Hello. Sorry, i te- you were <laughs> texting. You were texting. Totally I texted
0: texting. my mommy. She's like, she's going to San Francisco <laughs> in a couple weeks, and she was like, You're coming home for Christmas. Like, a couple days later, should I even bother coming down to LA? And I was like, You yes, have to of answer course that, yes. Yeah. What are you insane? Yeah. You haven't been here in a year and a half. It's for four days.
1: And did you text yes, or did you say, Mom, said, I'm doing a podcast?
0: I said, come here. Oh, wait. I said, Noi, come. And she said, okay. <laughs> See? All right.
1: Is that uh, typos, or did you... Is no, that, I meant to say that. Those are the that. words you meant. Okay. That's kind
0: of my, like... I, I uh, have started replacing... I've been replacing a lot of words with other words uh, lately, and no has taken on two new forms. Okay. Noi is like a pitiful, like, no nah. okay. nor is like very aggressive. Like, nor.
1: Oh, is that aggressive?
0: Yeah, I think so. Between okay. the two. Okay. Sometimes I'll say no, like a person. All right.
1: When you say aggressive in nor, I pictured nor. like a large Norse god saying nor. You
0: picture whatever I mean, you want.
1: But, but That's you the said beauty it like of it it's an like an angry a, cartoon cat. Nor. Nor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: I am. Let me just lift my latex mask off and reveal to you, one, angry cartoon cat
1: that's that's why i always like having you on the podcast because i find out layers and layers under the mask
0: i got a lot of masks to take <laughs>
1: off you are and i would ask you what you think of all of the things i listed about you but you were texting your mom so i don't know if you heard
0: i heard producer puppeteer comedian oh you did wow well, those you are, are multitasking the, those are the things that i am so <laughs> it's a fair guess no i was 100 percent listening to you it was a very small text
1: Yeah. i understand. I
0: just needed her to know right away that i want her to come of course to los angeles california tinseltown if you will <laughs> Land of dreams.
1: And I I want her to know, too. So if you want me to text her, I can. Do you want to?
0: Do you want to talk to my mom?
1: (laughs) Not right now. After the podcast. Okay, fine. She's going to be gone. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, My mom's probably at home if you want to call her.
0: Yeah? Yeah, not right now, Should we just talk to our mommies?
1: (laughs) No. Nor. (laughs) Nor. Nor.
0: Very good. Very good use of nor. Can I tell you. you the other? Okay. Sure, please. What's the rating on this right now? What do you mean? We do. We're, we're a PG thirteen no, to an R.
1: We're we're a hard R. We're
0: hard R. Okay, let me tell you this one thing I'm very proud of. <laughs> it's super gross. All right. So I've been lobbying to replace the word "come" with "pulp." Okay. And it's really funny to me when
1: you say lobbying. Uh, Who, what have, representatives are you speaking with? Are you, you are you texting our representatives here in California? Or? Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm like, I don't want to say for sure, just because it could cause a lot of
1: <laughs> problems
0: in this climate. But you'll start hearing about it pretty soon.
1: <laughs> the Pulp Initiative. The when pul- you hear about the Pulp <laughs> Initiative, people's like, <laughs> that sounds very interesting. Is that about used books or? It's nope.
0: pulp. Uh, it's a fair. It's very funny to me because it's kind of like human pulp. Yeah. <laughs> And it's really gross. It's a very gross term <laughs> and I hate it but it's like I pulped
1: that I you know what I, I will attempt to adopt that. It's
0: pretty funny. yeah I hate to say that anything I've done or thought up is funny. I hate to be someone who is like touting my own ideas. <laughs> but it's one of the it's one of the few things that I'll just be driving and it'll make me smile. Yeah,
1: you have to believe in your work. And you have to be uh, able to stand up for your work and say, "This is good. I believe in it."
0: I have, uh, yeah, I have so few stances, but that's one of them. <laughs>
1: your strong pulp stance. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that we naturally had a beginning conversation that started with texting your mom and immediately went to pulping.
0: Pulping. Here, <laughs> look at this. I'm gonna turn my phone over.
1: You don't have to do that. All right. <laughs> I could tell how much it was hurting you.
0: What is wrong with me? Nothing. I'm i I'm like a. I'm a you know product of my age
1: what i have oh, with to your just phone? have it I have my phone I have to,
0: okay it's but you have a timer you have a reasonable
1: yeah but i forgot to start it so uh okay. well, this and doesn't it's, it's count, a ruse right? because not only is it the timing but then if an important text comes in i can see that
0: and i turned my haptics off so i'm not even <laughs> gonna know if anyone needs me
1: that's right there's gonna be no vibration your phone will not pulp
0: it won't Ugh. God, too, oh, I'm the gross too one. far. I'm the gross one. Come on, All man. Right. All right, this All right. is a, this recording's over. Let's
1: go to the safety of our actual topic, shall How we? That wonderful so, news. This is great. This because it's an episode that has a backstory. Uh, you and I did an episode of Bill Corbett's podcast, uh, Bill Corbett's Funhouse, where you mentioned that you love something, and I was like, you should talk about that on Obsessed because I love having you on the podcast. I'm always
0: the I'm obsessed with Obsessed. <laughs> I love coming on here. It's my favorite thing to do. Nice. Yep.
1: Let's uh, let's get into the actual subject then, which is lonesome dove
0: yeah that's my thing i (laughs) light up when anyone even says those two (laughs) words next to each other i am a lunatic about it
1: okay so for people who don't know or just have vague associations what exactly is lonesome dove
0: okay so lonesome dove is a book by larry mcmurtry the one true love of my life and it is uh in short it's an epic it's an anti-western that was that won the pulitzer prize And uh, the story is about two friends, Woodrow Call and Augustus McRae, and they are uh, retired Texas rangers who now own a ranch in Lonesome Dove, Texas. And then everything's just kind of dull, and they don't don't have – there's, like, not a lot to do. There's a uh, saloon, and they have this little crew of men who keep up the ranch. And then one day they're like – hey, but what if we drove cattle up north to Montana? Everyone's saying Montana's the place to be. And they're like, I don't know. Is that a good idea? (laughs) They sort of think about it for a little bit. And they're like, we're not doing anything else. And so them and their ragtag team of farmhands and this prostitute uh, just get a bunch of cattle and they just go. (laughs) They just drive up north to Montana. And there's a... uh, There's a very rude band of Comanches who come after him, led by a real horrifying villain who is a real person named Blue Duck, and he is a nightmare factory. Meanwhile, on the other side (laughs) of the country, there is a a B-plot with this man named uh, July Johnson and his deputy, he's a sheriff, and his wife, this real piece of shit. They have a son (laughs) together. She's in love with this other guy who's this like outlaw. Okay. Who's running around somewhere. And she's like, I'm gonna go find him because he's the love of my life. And I hate July. And she takes off in the middle of the night. And then July's like, Oh, I gotta go find my wife. And uh he and his deputy go out, try to find her. There's his son Joe comes along and uh I don't wanna I don't know what, how we're set for spoilers, but it's a nightmare factory for them. <laughs> and they just wander, they literally wander around America looking for his wife.
1: And just find horrible things.
0: I mean, horrible find things find them. It's a lot, there's, uh, his d- deputy gets raped by a woman in a barn. Okay. By a huge woman. And, uh that's part of the story. That's just part of the story. And then, yeah, go on.
1: So is it, uh, uh, we'll talk about this more, but the way you're describing it, it seems like your attraction is this push pull of, it is about sort of this freedom of let's just go find what's out there in America. But then also the horror of a lot of what you find in America is awful.
0: Well, so on a side note to that, um, uh, the thing that, McMurtry was really upset about after the book came out, as people were like, "Boy, this is the greatest western ever written." <laughs> and he's like, "No, I wrote this to be an anti-western. I wrote this to be a reflection of what actually happened in America in the late 1800s when everything was a fucking nightmare." Yeah, uh, this is not a romantic. This isn't your High Noons. This isn't your uh, your Virginia Mans. This is like really horrible gruesome shit happens to these people. It's much more in line with a Deadwood okay. sort of vibe. And uh I just love it so much. I'm a big fan of Frontiersman, it turns <laughs> out. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a truck driver more than anything on earth. Okay. I think it's why I started doing stand up also because I just wanted to like live on the road. And then once I started getting into these This genre specifically, I was like, oh, I just want to be a frontiersman.
1: Okay, you just want to be on the road and hopefully not encounter awful things, but encounter exciting, interesting, intriguing things.
0: Right. I don't I don't want to have my intestines pulled out of my body while I'm still alive and fed (laughs) to coyotes like a Comanche would do to me. Rightfully so. Although they they did hurt. A lot of other tribes. Comanches were fucking hardcore.
1: And this is uh, based on history, you said? Yeah, the yeah. Blue Duck is a, a real Blue person. Blue Duck is a real person.
0: Yeah. And uh, they, yeah, the Comanches were, uh, you know, they were like the Spartans of the uh, indigenous people of our country. Okay. Uh, they were a warlike tribe who were really, really good at killing people. Okay. And I think that's uh, fucking fascinating. Sorry to curse.
1: <laughs> it is just fine, as we have discussed. Sorry, i R to gonna... R. Yeah. Uh, so it is... It sounds like you're describing that first book, right? But then there was a series of books and then so there's... television uh, movies made on each one?
0: Yes. So, well, uh, yeah. So, there, so that's the book. And then after that, uh, there are three... There are three other books that come after it. And the the second one, Streets of Laredo takes place t- God, I want to say like 10, 15 years in the future, like after Lonesome okay. Dove ends. And then the third book jumps back to the very beginning okay. of their whole tr- of uh, Gus and Call's adventures when they're still Texas Rangers. Okay. And then the book after that, Comanche Moon, Takes place right before Lonesome Dove, so which is like also a uh, like a, cr- a pattern of time in books that like just makes me pulp all over the place because it's so cool. It's like, oh, here's what happened, and then ah, oh, all the characters I love here's their cool beginnings, and they're great books. Okay, Comanche Moon is like uh, the last one of the series, but the first ish one in the uh, um. Like the beginning of Lonesome Dove. So you get that all- era
1: of time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's, uh, there's all these characters that may or may not. Again, I don't know about spoil. I don't know about spoilers. I think spoilers. at this point,
1: if you're, if you're listening and going, hmm, I'm intrigued and I want to read that Lonesome Dove, uh, pause and go read it. And let's just go ahead and, yeah, that and was a spoiler. warning. then join back in. And Awooga, Awooga. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know what? There's a good chance that a lot of people have seen the miniseries. Yeah. Too. So, uh, anyway, um, There's a lot of characters that you may have enjoyed that were brutally murdered in some way or died because they just... Okay, the first death (laughs) in Lonesome Dove uh, is... oh God, I don't even know where to start. I love it so much. So here's the thing that's so great about the beginning of the book is it's very sleepy. It's written very slowly in the beginning. There's not a lot happening. And so the tone of the story really reflects the actual tone of what they're going through yeah so it starts slow and it's beautiful and like captivating still but you're just like you're just like living with them in this dead hot, boring in the plains you yeah know? and then uh, and then they start driving along and everything's getting getting interesting and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere this Irish kid they're crossing a river, This, uh, the younger brother of these two Irish boys just steps in a fucking nest of water moccasins and gets and just dies. And you're like, whoa,
2: whoa, (laughs) I didn't
0: know this was a thing. I didn't know people just died like that. And it's very similar to like, uh, like a Deadwood or a Game of Thrones vibe where all of a sudden just like a character is just gone. And you're like, and then you're ill at ease because you thought you could. You're going to follow these people, and then they just start getting picked off by nothing. Yeah. There's a lot of them aren't these dramatic.
1: In no foreshadowing in no the foresh- book. There's no like- No foreshadowing. We're crossing water moccasin no. river. It's just-
0: Yeah. It's just like, oh, all right. Well, we were passing- through yeah. here and he, he got bit by some watermark sins and now he's dead. And Do you like there.
1: that because it does reflect uh, from a perspective reality of like sometimes things happen with no foreshadowing yeah. like our, our narrative general teaches us.
0: Yes and I, th- I I love that. I love that it gives yeah it just doesn't pull any punches. It's just like yeah here's the harsh realities yeah. and you really pay attention. I It affects me because I'm like stressed out. In a way where I just don't, I don't know who to get attached to. Yeah. You know? yeah having ned stark's head get chopped off like <laughs> what the first 10 chapters i forgot what chapter exactly it's like three or four right yeah i thought it's, it
1: happened towards the end of the maybe first it does. book it may, but maybe
0: i'm just conflating all the books into one giant book but <laughs> i love it when
1: the water moccasins eat ned stark's head that's the best i don't know what books the best are of the book uh, <laughs> but yeah but i think the fact that you can't remember illustrates what you're talking about is messing with we've created narratives where if you follow a certain character if you like that character, they have that armor of narrative yeah and everything that's all these stories that have disrupted it are powerful to you because they reflect real life a little bit more
0: no one is uh there's no no one's impervious yeah to uh, atrocities yeah like you follow okay so spoil. so we're not dealing with concerning spoilers so july and uh and his team they you follow him for a very, very long time. Two thirds of the book, yeah. he finds his wife, and it's very disappointing. She sucks, and <laughs> she gets like whisked up by these mule skinners, and it's it's a lot. Anyway, yeah. uh, and then they're like, "All right, well, that sucked," and I guess we're <laughs> I guess we'll go home. And then one night, there just some Comanches find them and cut their testicles off. And the last thing you find, they get. Uh, they get their entrails dragged out of their bodies. Okay. And the last thing of that of those characters is July watching his son and his partner Roscoe as the warmth of death takes him over. And you're just like, oh, okay. oh no, the son. <laughs> even in any other book, the son, Joe would be like, yeah,
1: he bye, save dad. And live live to fight another day.
0: Everybody's dead. Yeah. Their whole crew. You follow them, you love them, you feel bad for them. Yeah. And then they're gone.
1: Okay, so now obviously it seems like you like the books and the the TV movie versions, which I assume have to treat some of these events with a little bit more uh, 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 not having your eyes as directly on them as they are in the books.
0: Yeah, I... I am not devoted to the miniseries okay. in a way that a lot of people have. I read the book first because my dad was like, this is the best thing that's ever been written. <laughs> Fucking read it. I know it's good for you. And I said, I trust your taste. Yeah. Took it in. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, so I started with the books and I'm always very skeptical going, uh, you know.
1: From book to Going from book to Yeah,
0: yeah. But here's the beauty of it. It is one of the most impeccably cast uh, adaptations I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe I I would say like To Kill a Mockingbird is maybe the only other thing where you're like, oh, that's what these characters look like in my head. Those are exactly the that is the exact temperament look.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
0: Everything about these these characters uh, being cast as people is perfect.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: It's a ama- Robert Duval and uh uh Tommy Lee Jones, as Gus and call are like, yeah you couldn't you literally, you just couldn't do a better job. Angelica okay. Houston plays this character, Clara, who is uh Gus's old lost love, who now lives with a a, a guy in um <laughs> nebraska who was kicked in the head by a horse and now he's an (laughs) invalid and she's just kind of like waiting for him to die
1: life is hard it's so
0: hard yeah um but yeah if you've if you've read the books and then watched the miniseries you're like oh yeah those are those guys for sure those are those guys and i love it so much i love that um And I think they do. It's a several part series. Okay. So they do cover a lot of stuff. And I I love it. Does it
1: still have that same punch, though? I mean, I would imagine they have to be a little little softer on some of the horror.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's as graphic as maybe it would be if, you know, like HBO adapted it. Okay. But it's so balanced out with all the other merits that you, you sort of don't care. And it's also written so well that... Larry doesn't really give you a lot of room to uh, to fuck it up. Okay, you know, because there's there's so much, and a lot of it is, um, I wouldn't say atmos- at- atmospheric per se, because yeah. it's cram packed with relationships and people and characters, but. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to kind of pick and choose what to do because it's very episodic.
1: Okay. Oh, that's really cool. So you said your dad recommended it. How old were you when you first uh, read this uh, exciting horror show of a novel? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, was, uh, I was old. I was an old man.
2: <laughs>
1: it like was Gus my... and Call, right?
0: Very good. You're catching on. Uh, I was... I was the first year that I moved here, so it was like seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. It was and that's the other thing too, you know, when you are able to like identify a period of time in your life with the thing that you Oh yeah, for sure. It's that for me. Lonesome yeah. Dove is this like acclamation into Los Angeles and I listened to it and it's read by um Lee Horsley, who's this great character actor, and it's perfect and it's crinkly and the audio book <laughs> is just When you say
1: crinkly, is that a new word that you're, is that like no to nor? What what do you, I mean, I kind of know what you mean by crinkly, but also. The
0: audio is just kind of, it was like recorded in the 80s. Oh, so it
1: has a little bit of that that, uh, sound of history. Like there's something about it that sounds like it was recorded. Do you want to hear a little section of it? (laughs) No, I don't. I'm going to pull it up for you. (laughs) All right. I'm
0: obsessed. As long
1: as you can multitask and keep talking to me while while you search for it.
0: It's like crinkly. I have it on demand all the time. Um, so it's just, it's this, it's this warm, old-sounding recording by this crinkly old man. (laughs) Everything's crinkly. Okay, the old man's crinkly. It's like listening to old leather read you a book. Uh,
1: That's So it's like a coat being gently rubbed together. Yeah, or like the
0: creak of a saddle as you ride down a trail. It's fantastic. So I, I, uh. (sighs) Listened to it in my Honda Element, and it's the kind of book where I would—I was working in Santa Monica, Jesus, like three to five days a week, and living in West Hollywood. Okay. And so the commute was awful, but it's the—it was a the book where I would drive for an hour and then sit in my car for another like forty minutes <laughs> just so I wouldn't have to stop listening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was—I was twenty two probably 22 or 23 okay when i listened to it for the first time and then read it and that you know and And watched it absorbed it in every capacity that i possibly could
1: so were you really cognizant of this is uh, sometimes you uh, a person makes those connections because they happen to read a book at a time where they're listening to a specific piece of music or that like i like in my mind this is so dumb but like The novel It is absolutely tied to the album Quadrophenia by The Who because I happened to discover them at the same time. So there's those random things. But for you, you're journeying to Los Angeles to pursue your dreams and the sort of the modern version of, if you're at all in entertainment, the American Frontiers person, the exploration. Were you aware of that? Was that part of the reason it spoke to you?
0: It has taken me seven years (laughs) until just this moment. To put those two things together, <laughs> it's very insightful. May I do a quick road uh, roadside attraction? Absolutely,
1: please roadside attracted up. So
0: I, uh, in you know, in the spirit of these cross country adventures, I have driven from Los Angeles to Minnesota and to Minnesota from Los Angeles. Individual trips, twenty four times. Twenty four. Yeah, twelve round trips. I think maybe it's uneven. No, it's not uneven. Twenty four. A to B trips. Okay, Jesus. I've trips. only done
1: it once. It's yeah.
0: For we did it and we did that within like four years, four or five years. Uh, and on one of the trips back, we started listening to it, and it's such coke chatter in the <laughs> beginning because it's like Steve's, it's like Steve's high point of just like being so like yeah. coked up. I'm
1: just gonna write a real long book. Yeah.
0: So. Uh, so we we're listening to it and then we we're like, let's bring it, let's bump it up to the highest speed we can on Audible. And it is so, I cannot recommend it enough because it just, it sounds like he's just reading the book. Beep, beep, Richie, beep, beep, Just talking to, just talking to someone at a party about like all the shit he's going to put into it. Because so much of the beginning of it is just like nonsense. And then yeah. if you just speed it up, it just, I don't know. It really enhances the experience of an already entertaining novel. <laughs> anyway.
1: Well, I'm going to try it again on my next cross-country t- trip to Please have a do. sped up it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so back to uh, listening to this when you first came to L.A. Do you think it affected how you saw Los Angeles or your own journey or how you experienced the book?
0: I think a lot of it resonated with me just because it's it is... Reflective of a life that I was incredibly drawn into, and I, I'm, I'm such a goddamn hillbilly. My dad's a hillbilly, and I, you know, I play banjo and I ride horses and I do all this shit that's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't advertise that part of my personality like at all. I yeah, keep it very. Per- but
1: I mean, like literally, you you're urban, right? I mean, you grew up in yeah in yeah. urban areas, so so you have these aesthetics that are more. Western I'm, or rural?
0: Yeah, I'm just dis- I'm deceptively rural.
2: Okay.
1: I
0: I'm a bit of like you take all the, if you were to take all of the garbage, and kind of poison away, for that's like associated with the South. I'm a Southophile. Okay. Like I love all like all the good things about it. I like the accents. I like horses. I like <laughs> dirt. Yeah. And plains, big open spaces. All the stuff except for the racism and, you know, all, all the stuff that comes immediately to mind when you're like, Texas. Okay. If you take all that away, I love Texas. Right. I think my best friend's from Texas, and there's a lot of really good pieces of it. Yeah. You know, North Texas is a very interesting place. Larry McMurtry is an incredibly uh, celebrated Texan. I love yeah. him. He's an, you know like a texan liberal and yeah i i don't know i just i love it
1: so how do you feel then uh, i was gonna ask you anyway and you brought it up because uh, i read this in the wikipedia how do you feel about the fact that he is he's trying to write an anti-western so obviously it sounds like some parts of the novel are celebrating uh the things that you're describing about the south that are beautiful and that people would long for but then he seems to also want to add this truth um of the horrors how do you feel about it as a is an is an anti-Western that people are reading as the, a Western.
0: The anti okay, so so like the only I'm gonna compare it to Deadwood a couple times. Okay, another deep obsession, <laughs> just in the sense that you're looking at a slice of history in a way that has been portrayed as being incredibly romantic, right, up until rec- fairly recent, yeah. Um, and so Deadwood is. A nightmare factory, where all the characters are horrible in a way that you're like, like when I when I first started watching it, I remember being like, oh, Al Swearengen is the worst person that's ever been alive and ever will be. And then by the you know you get Stockholm syndrome
1: by season three, you're like, why would anybody ever do anything mean to our our buddy Al, our sweet our sweet buddy Al, child after him, (laughs)
0: Uh, but everything. Even characters you love, at least once an episode, they say something you're like, oh, "God damn yeah, it, come on." With *Lonesome Dove*, the characters that McMurtry's created, like everybody's a human being, and and there's a lot of moments where the opportunity to be like, Ugh, especially about Native Americans and about you know the way that that culture existed. And the views of people back then in yeah. that area. But those aren't his characters.
1: Right. They
0: they have an incredibly progressive view about what Americans did to the Native Americans. They have an incredibly like cognizant um understanding of what it took for them to get there and about just being like, Yeah, this is their land first. Yeah. So there isn't a lot of reconciling that you have to do with your the characters you love, their points of view are, it's uh, like very human and very yeah. uh, like focused on their own on their own journey and um, and that's there it's not problematic at all yeah which is cool and surrounding them there's a lot you know there's a lot of very real stuff but because it doesn't deal with a society. Because they're on their own in the big open expanse right, it's just of the world, their little world. And the Comanche stuff—you're like, those are people; those are human beings. You're—they're not like the villains. Right. They're just an incredibly—they're a natural force that existed back then. So that's what he's doing with this anti-Western thing—is he's not—he's not coloring them in this two-dimension, this one-dimensional. Like, I—I uh, I would say that the romantic Western is much more racist. Yeah. In that they're like, oh, these are just some idiots.
2: Yeah, coming the around
0: guys. to just kill cowboys, and you know they have they have no concept of what they're doing. They're just rude. <laughs> they're just they're just hurting women and children yeah. and covered wagons. Nice, and, the and, uh, good cetera. guy
1: roll up in my right. horse. Yeah,
0: that isn't this. Everything's incredibly complex, and even uh, even the most nefarious of villains. You have so much understanding of what his backstory is, and that's, you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It, 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 they, he just lays, he lays a person out for you, and then you feel how you will about what they do with their life.
1: Cool. So why do you think some people managed to turn it into a standard Western, a standard kind of fist pumping, the good guys are the good guys Western? How did they manage to do that?
0: I think because there hasn't been anything like it before, and because it's so incredible, and because it has the, um, <clears throat> like the tropes of what a western would have. Okay. It has a journey, and it has, you know, these flawed good guys. Yeah. Uh, hold, hold for water. Hold for
1: water. Everybody, hold for water. Everything's fine. I it's feel like good. I should have made a noise <laughs>
0: doing it. Um. Yeah. So I th- I think that. People are just stupid and don't understand, don't understand my no, sweet boy.
1: This ma- no, this makes a lot of, of sense to me. Uh, I, I share from my own observations of uh, other kinds of media, like Star Wars. I think uh, I am open minded. What, what is that? Star Wars, it's a thing I talk about every episode of this podcast and relate everything back mm-hmm. to. I'm not familiar. Okay, well, I'll, th- I'll tell you a little <laughs> bit about it after I'll show you my action figure table and everything will become clear. Whew. Uh, anyway, uh. I think people should like things for whatever reason they like, but there are people who have come to Star Wars because it looks cool. Right. People with lightsabers cut each other's limbs off, and it's cool and fun. Oh, heavens! And because you can just simply enjoy it on that level, I think there are some people who can erase that. Like it is clearly a moral tale where the good guy wins by putting down his lightsaber, yes, and embracing his father. Uh, you know, and, and asking his father to love him back. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. that is ultimately the message of Star Wars. But people can look past it if they just want to see cool people cutting each other up with laser swords. So it sounds right. like it's the same kind of thing where, like, I can ignore that there's great morality yeah. going on in Lonesome Dove because they're two cool white dudes just trying to be cattle farmers.
0: Right. I, I think that there's, there's a, uh, there's a disconnect when something becomes as popular as this book did. Okay, and I think because because it won the Pulitzer and because it sort of it caught on to this mass fever, and because I think because of the miniseries and all this stuff, and then there's this fucking oh <laughs> god damn it! Sorry, <laughs>
1: <laughs> why are Very you cursory. apologizing?
0: I just got so mad. So they have this, uh, they have this sequel hard finger breaking quotes coming from <laughs> over here this un uh, unwarranted and unapproved uh sequel to the TV series called Return to Lonesome Dove okay which is a not something that Larry had sanctioned okay and it is it's like okay so here's what's funny about it I saw that this thing existed before I I had finished the book. And, oh God, here's, uh, there's a lot going on. Okay, I'm so sorry. So, uh, so Call, ha- the- okay, okay. It's Third such, a it's charm. so big. It's such a big book. There's so much going on. So the best, the best piece of it to me is there, within their company, there's this boy named Newt. Okay. Who, uh, who is uh, believed to be, his mother died, so this guy group has basically raised him he believes his father to be this real showy um uh rider named jake okay and um but jake's not really around later on jake comes in he floats in he floats back out he falls in with some horse thieves <laughs> and eventually his friends have to hang him because he's okay a bad guy we'll get back to that in a little bit when my tattoo comes in. <laughs> It's <laughs> to, uh, to the spotlight. Okay. Anyway, so Newt um, Newt goes this whole book, and he's one of, he's one of the purest, best characters in I don't know literary history. I love him so much. My best friend Lisa and I are our our friendship is forged on our mutual deep hard obsession with this book. Okay, you're Newt she, buddies. She named his her dog after Newt. Someday I'll probably have a kid with it in its name. (laughs) Anyway, um, so Newt goes throughout this book kind of – hoping his father's Jake not being totally sure and this it slowly unravels that you're like oh call is his dad this like hard taskmaster sociopath i think call is a sociopath he has an he's like a killer he goes into these blind hot rages when okay. someone he loves is being fucked with and like beats people on anvils it's incredible anyway he's the best character he ends up uh at the at the very end of the book call gives him his horse named the Hell Bitch, who's this like fucking lunatic mare? He gives him the Hell Bitch, and he tells he's calls going back to Lonesome Dove, but he leaves Newt in charge with the ranch in okay. Montana when they get there. Newt's the best, and you you're just hoping this whole time that he gets closure from his father. He doesn't really; it's unsatisfying, <laughs> as is most of the book. Uh, and anyway, so Return to Lonesome Dove is this stupid. Um, this is the way shoehorned you- in tv made for tv movie that stars newt it's this like love story between him and some girl i saw that before i finished reading the book and i was like oh great before i start streets of laredo i can expect more newt within the first three paragraphs of the second book newt is riding the hell bitch she falls backwards crushes him with the the (laughs) horn of the saddle and he dies i was driving when i read that and had to pull over to the side of the street and weep for 15 minutes because newt he killed newt he didn't even give him a first person perspective he's just like oh by the way uh, Lorena, the whore, marries P.I., which is a very confusing matchup, and then also Newtstead. Sorry. Okay. Here's the rest of the book. And so, you're like, ow, my entire being hurts.
1: So the, this uh, this whole uh, uh, section that we just discussed yes. was started by you randomly looking to the sky and saying, that fucker. So are you talking about the person who wrote Return to Lonesome Everything,
0: Dove? Everyone involved.
1: <laughs> Those fuckers. I, a
0: pox on their family. <laughs> a pox on their house. They made, but here's, that's the thing that actually is great about it is I thought there was more Newt because of this thing. He gets his own series. I didn't realize that it wasn't a sanctioned.
1: It was just sort of jammed in before he dies in. in, I guess. Okay.
0: And then, uh, and then, yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess, I guess he's dead now, which was literally like being punched (laughs) in the dick.
1: (laughs) Uh, And I would pull over. Uh, and cry for 15 minutes if somebody Dude, punched me was... in the dick uh, through an audiobook while I was driving. Uh... I was dr-
0: I was driving from Lacrosse visiting my husband's family back to Minnesota to be at my house, and I walk in the door, and my dad's sitting on the couch, and I was like, he killed Newt, and he's like, ah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you got there. <laughs> you got it. Okay. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about how this has affected your life going forward, because obviously you love it, and you think about it, the world a lot you have a ton of it just like memorized to be able to just say yeah uh
0: which I hope isn't boring I hope it's not listening to this you know how you have to listen to someone tell you about their dream or a trip they went on and you have no (laughs) context for it as I'm saying all this I'm hoping that that's this isn't just like, oh my God, you clearly no. Li- okay No,
1: right. the, the the podcast is called Obsessed. It's okay when people come across as obsessed. <laughs> okay. And cool. you you set up that that story, Ways of Mystery, by starting with that fucker. Oh,
2: wonderful. <laughs> so, All right. Kay. Who
1: is the fucker? I wanted to know the whole time. Um how does it affect your life going forward? Do you ever think of the book, the story, and make a different decision? Or you seem really cognizant of the sort of frontiers person idea. You brought it up on Bill's Podcast, um, when you were talking about Lonesome Dove, there, how does it affect your life going forward?
0: I mean, I evangelize it okay, uh, more than anything. I i have had several, I, I've had one person read it based okay. on my, which is kind of insane in this day and age, yeah. No you got a person to read, books.
1: period, it's is like to a, begin with, yeah. It's like
0: a solid three inch book, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think it's a. It's just like part of my core being. Yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't. It. Do, I'm not like at the grocery store. <laughs> I'm like oh, I don't know. Do I want? Do I want to buy a pre-made meal for dinner, or do I want to like get something that's going to last me a couple of days? Yeah. And I what don't, would Gus do? I don't. Yeah, I'm not like. Ref, I'm not like referring to it in my like menial tasks throughout okay. the day. But it's just kind of it's. It's one of those things, as you know, fuses into who you are as a person. Yeah. And everything I do, I, I think it's, like, affected my personality in a way and my worldview. And I couldn't really separate what that is. Yeah. You know? It's just, like, I know it's just in there. It's, like, yeah. it's like how your parents are in there and you're, like, oh, this is maybe a part of my mom or maybe a part of my dad. But it's all, I don't know, pl- like, when you... Take a bunch of play doh, and you get it all dirty together. And you're like, okay, I see, I see where that pink used to be an independent thing, but it's just part of this ball now. Okay. And if I tried to get it out, I couldn't. So you have some
1: lonesome do dove play doh. All right. Uh, Wrapped in the larger play doh that is you.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Let me ask about a specific thing, please. I mean that makes that makes a ton of sense, but okay. I was I was struck by this uh, quote. I think that it's also from the forward of uh, like a t- year 2000 edition of the book where uh, Larry said, uh, it's hard to go wrong if one writes at length about the Old West, still the phantom leg of the American psyche. So, I mean, that that's just that's a pretty good turn of phrase. But this. So <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. The phantom leg of the American psyche. How does that affect you? What do you think? What does that mean to you? Do you agree with it?
0: It's this. Part, yeah, I do. I uh, I think what he's saying... Are you asking just generally about what no, i No, I'm asking about
1: you. Oh, okay. Because I know you could pontificate about the larger truth of that, but I'm curious about how that affects you.
0: I I mean, wait, hold on. Okay, so how that...
1: Okay, it, assuming that we both agree that that is true, yes. that the Old West is the phantom, phantom leg, leg of the uh, American yeah, yeah. psyche, what does that mean to you personally?
0: Oh, personally, okay. If I were... If I were America as a human person, there's this, this greater, this, there's this appendage of me that has now been like, it's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. That's such a good way of putting it. It's like, it was part of, it was part of our culture. It's part, it was like a a physical, tangible uh, component in everything about America, and then it has disappeared, but it's still very physical and, like, affects how we feel. And I think it's done the same thing to me on a micro scale. Okay. Where I I don't know. Like, it's just parts of it, parts of it have just kind of glommed on to who I am and act as, you know, act as an errant tentacle this just wraps around like the quote the quote that i'm going to have tattooed on my body the only uh, i'll tell you the only reason i haven't yet in a minute um it's this latin in the beginning of the book gus um has this sign that he makes uh to hang outside of their ranch lonesome dove and it's like uh lonesome dove Trading co uh we do not don't we don't sell pigs um and then he's very proud of the fact that he knows some latin but he's not good at it okay uh so he miss he he like fucks up this latin phrase but it's at the bottom of it and it's uva uvum vivende varia fit which roughly translates to a grape with grapes ripens with grapes and it's the essence of the book which is like you are who you surround yourself with okay and like if you ride like this character jake if you ride with horse thieves then you're a horse thief and i just think that that's like moving forward in my life sort of addressing that question like that's something that i consciously think of all the time it's like who who am i insulated by and how does that affect me and uh i i think that's a beautiful sentiment and i don't know if that answers your question
1: it does okay yeah i think that's really cool because when i was thinking of the phantom leg leg of the american psyche to me it i think it is about that that tension between our the reality of the old west of that it right. was it was a real time where lots of people did horrible things yep. uh and there's this great fantasy about it and i feel like the fantasy is so obsessed in Yes, there's a societal structure, but it's simple and small and organized and everyone has a role and there are good guys and bad guys and everybody casts themselves as the cow person with lots of freedom. Literally, it's an open space you can move around on. Yeah. And literally, you're the person who can ride in and save someone from the bad guys. I think that that fantasy of the Old West is, to me, part of the uh, American leg of the psyche. And the grapes thing is really interesting to say... Let's diminish the idea of the individual and let's refocus to what we're doing is we're building a society and right. your choices are, aren't just your choices. They're, they're a choice of the society, which kind of fights back to me of the fantasy of being a cowboy yeah. with utter freedom.
0: Right. Where This Shane idea. Yeah. This Shane concept of like. He's just going to go off. Yeah. On his own. Yeah. goodbye, Shane.
1: And he comes back with a gun to the town when it needs him (laughs) for five minutes, but then he leaves again.
0: I hate Shane. I hate that fucking movie. It's this, it's this like Gary Cooper concept where, you know, you're um, the strong silent type. Yeah. And you don't need anybody, but if you kind of want someone, it's important. But, who, you know, you're like- you have to be some kind of damsel for that to happen. Yeah. Um or the Virginia man who I don't know. It's a fine book, but like that character doesn't have a name. You follow this you follow the Virginia man through all of his stupid romantic western <laughs> adventures and you're like, "Yeah, but who is he?" Yeah. And that's I I think that book has a huge amount of merit in the fact that it's a time capsule of uh what larry's talking about and it's this concept of um i don't know the symbolism of what the west is yeah and what america is because we've obviously built almost all of our values our core american values if you look at it sort of traditionally on this uh perception that it's every man for himself yeah and i think that's bullshit and i think that um the way that larry has structured lonesome dove is very much like anything can happen to anybody and you have free will and because of that you aff- it's like you're affected by other people though and yeah. other people are affected by you and uh and look you know look at the damage that white people caused by coming over and how has that affected america and how has that you know shaped our um our values as a country look at slavery look at all this stuff like you like we're so responsible for so much horrible shit yeah and uh and that's just that's part of who we are it got chopped off but look there's still that phantom <laughs> limb we can still feel yeah. it anyway
1: that's awesome. That's my spiel. <laughs> That's a great spiel. Uh, so if Larry uh, McMurtry, is that how you say his last name? Sure is. Uh, if Larry McMurtry heard this podcast yeah. and said, wow, uh, Bottoms gets it. Bottoms gets it. Oh, God. Uh, I would like her to write a sequel. Would you do that?
0: I've already come up with several fan fictions <laughs> for it.
1: Uh, are you willing to give give the gist of one of them?
0: Uh yes okay so there's um there's these two different characters they're both scouts in different books and uh i just i just want them to go on their own adventure (laughs) um
1: what does that mean they're scouts from two different books who go on one adventure that's
0: an insane sentence (laughs) with no context it sounds
1: like in order to write one fan fiction story you first want to write two different books so the scouts can come from them and come together in the fan fiction so
0: there's um there's this scout in uh what is it i think it's streets of laredo yeah it's streets of laredo that call uh hooks up with and he's from a hopo tribe tribe and then there's this other scout that helps everybody. He's like the cook. Okay, so these aren't scouts you invented; Do- they're, they're they're existing like, scouts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, as I'm reading the books, I'm like, oh, they'd be good friends. <laughs> they'd be really. They'd be re- they they'd have fun. So you on want to write, write the adventures
1: of Scout buddies?
0: Yeah. Neither of them died, so that's good. <laughs> that was to their benefit. Oh God, there's so much. Ab- oh, there's so much I'm forgetting about. It's a huge like. It's a real sweater that once you start unraveling it, it's like so much happens. Um, What was I gonna say? Oh, can I tell you the tattoo thing real quick? Oh, sure, yeah. So I would say I would say that Lonesome Dove, yes, is the obsession, but it is covered by the umbrella of my fierce, deep, like burning love for Larry McMurtry. I'm really obsessed with Larry McMurtry.
1: Okay,
0: I've read like the that's a whole other podcast we don't have to do it but i want to hear about your love his, of mcmurtry his greatest I, I think he i think he's one of the uh one of the best male writers to write for females okay because he's just he just writes people there's no attempt on his end to like make women. See. he would pass the bechdel test every single in every book of his okay for these women um And so I just started, like, absorbing all of his books into my core being. And uh, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of books that take place in the 70s that are sort of semi-autobiographical and exist in these uh, series, in these universes. He wrote Terms of Endearment.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. I had no idea.
0: Right. So Terms of Endearment exists in my favorite series, uh, which is follows very like sometimes pretty loosely this character Danny who is kind of a autobiographical figure of him that's that um in the first book of that series called all my friends are going to be strangers listeners at home more than more than lonesome dove i would say read all my friends are going to be strangers okay it's perfect, and Tom Hanks had the rights to it for a long time because it should be a movie. Yeah, but no one can figure out how to make it a movie. Wow, it's it's basically about Larry McMurtry writing um, "Horsemen Pass By," which was the, his book that was then adapted to be the movie "Hud," starring Paul Newman. Yeah, um, and sort of his experience leaving Houston and coming to L.A. to like. You know, once his book was optioned and him writing the screenplay and all the stuff that happens from there, and it's beautiful. And he he eats a lot of he eats a lot of Twinkies and <laughs> burgers and drinks Dr Pepper. And I just I just love it so much. And that's also another really good audiobook.
1: Okay. Um. So how does anyway. that, how does that relate back to your tattoo decision? Oh,
0: oh sorry. Okay. So I. Three years ago, wrote Larry McMurtry a letter because awesome. I was in Austin and I was uh, I had some time that I could potentially have rented a car and driven up to where he lives in Archer <laughs> City, Texas. And uh, one of his his main thing now is that he's a used book dealer okay. and he has a used bookstore in Archer City. So I called and I was like, is Larry there? And they're like, I don't know if he's going to be in this week. So anyway, I wrote him this letter. And I just told him like, my dad had just passed away. And I just wanted to like tell him how much the book meant to both of us. And he didn't have to respond. But I just wanted him to know. And, uh, in there, I, I don't remember how I did it, but I was like, if I could get that Latin written in your handwriting, that would be really cool.
2: Wow. And
0: I know he's never... It's been several years, but I'm still like holding out <laughs> to have that tattoo in his handwriting. Yeah. So I'm I'm just like going to wait until the day that he... Responds? Yeah. Yeah. Or if he passes away, then I'll be like, okay, now I can get it. Okay. Because I know that... It, oh, yeah. And I've... <laughs> Oh no. I've gone on the internet and I've found handwritten notes of his and I have pieced together <laughs> I was just gonna letters them. and his handwriting <laughs> to make up the phrase that I want tattooed on my body.
1: That is both beautiful and how kidnappers construct letters yeah. in most media. So you grabbed like individual letters really and sliced it. it you you yep. made like this
0: on like a very cumbersome program on my iPad Oh, <laughs> the
1: hardships I got, I got these letters
0: I got these notes that he had written about Lonesome Dove and I picked the best shaped letters and I was like I very carefully erased around them and copy and pasted them and yeah. put them in a line for this long Latin phrase that I want yeah. yeah
1: I think that's great I think that shows true obsession
0: it does doesn't
2: it <laughs>
1: let's move on to our how obsessed are you questions boy Uh, can we (laughs) yeah i think we should uh so i think i know the answer to this but do you think about lonesome dove every day every day every day it just flits through your mind you you, like you said you're not applying it to grocery store purchases but it's just it's part of your dna
0: it's part of my dna and if anyone like it's the kind of thing where i feel like it's always just burbling under the surface if someone brings something up that reminds me of it it's close enough on hand that i'm like here Lots of Dove.
1: Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: In the way that it did on the podcast. Yeah. In Bill's podcast where I'm like, ah, Lots of dove.
1: Well, Lots of Dove. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it's obviously not uh, that it comes up just in terms of you suggesting that people read it, but you relate it, you relate other yeah. ideas back to its themes and specific beats and all that yeah. kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. It has a lot less to do with me being like, here's a good book. You should read it. Yeah. It's just all like, oh, I can see how that would tie into yeah. one of these characters in one of those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: So uh, I want to be. I often ask about the tattoos. We've heard about the one that you are maybe going to get someday. For sure, going to get someday. For sure, it's just the not right sure time. what
0: form it's going okay. to take. Okay, but place. you don't have
1: another lonesome dove tattoo. I right don't. Now. That's it. No. Okay. I, yeah. I can't remember from previous podcasts if you have tattoos or would this be your first tattoo. I
0: have one tattoo. I have this tattoo of a uh, this little like self portrait. Oh yeah. Um, like doodle that my dad. Would always like sign letters with oh nice yeah yeah so it, this the one that i have right now he uh had drawn me in a raymond carver book of short stories okay cool so, yeah
1: so it would uh match in a way if it you would. got the personal yeah version yeah yeah cool that's awesome thank you uh have you ever had a dream about lonesome dove
0: oh god all the time <laughs> what all kind of time? dreams are they they're just You know, they're pulp dreams. (laughs) I don't know. It's like they're real like wander about. I I couldn't.
1: (laughs) They're real wander about dreams.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I don't know if I could. I, I'm sure that like the second I walk out your door, I'm gonna be like, oh. Yeah, well, I, know. I know how
1: hard it is to remember dreams, so I'm not asking for a flashy story of like, yep, I remember, I I dreamt the scene where the guy got kicked in the head by the mule. Oh, I'm interested in like the spirit. Does it? Does Lonesome Dove manifest in your dreams as a like a, a desire fulfillment thing, or is it? Uh, are you seeing? Parts of Lonesome Dove when you have bad dreams, when you have tense dreams?
0: No, I think that, I don't know. I think that it's a lot of, like, character, like, nebulous character presence. Okay, You know, where I'm like, I'm doing something and I'm like, oh, this is that person. Like, um, oh, here's a way that it's, this is separate but like my best friend and i have a very like gus call relationship okay. and so that's maybe an everyday <laughs> life thing yeah so i think that like that dynamic of those characters like of how comes up gus and, a lot. and call interact with one
1: another yeah okay
0: uh so i think that like dream wise that kind of like leaks in Yeah. In some ways oh too. that's awesome yeah. that
1: makes a lot of sense if you uh met a new person at a party and you were enjoying talking to them how long would it take for lonesome dove to come up
0: uh, well, like I got, I had that one person read the book about it. I think it's sort of, you know, I'm not like blurting it out Tourette <laughs> style first thing, but the first opportunity I get, I'm yeah. like, mm, yeah, you want to read my, you want to read this book? And then sometimes it works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. That's interesting to me. Um, because obviously I, I understand you're not out there proselytizing and that it, it comes up naturally in conversations, but not always. So you you can have like a full long conversation with somebody, and it just won't come up. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a lunatic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not where this question is coming from. If you want to put no, no, that judgment no, I'm on saying, it, that's no, no, no. Just fine. I'm saying
0: that to me because I'm just imagining what what I would be like in my personality. Yeah. For that to happen, no judgment on anyone else who, with their obsession, that comes out in that way. It's just. Uh, because it's like an old man's western like anti-western it's just a weird thing to be like, well, <laughs> like uh,
1: yeah that's I, don't know. I think it's fascinating because it, as much as i bring up star wars i have many other things and interests in my life but star wars comes up in conversation a lot because right now it's everywhere right and everyone has an opinion or a take so i end yeah. up talking about star wars a lot and it's that's perfectly welcome but then i wonder for a question like this is that an indication of obsession level or is it just an indication of how prevalent something is in culture
0: i mean i would say when i was reading it it would come up almost immediately yeah uh but it's now been six years since it's been like my everyday life okay um yeah yeah i think i think that that's probably the most accurate okay is like it I, i don't know if it's an indication of obsession in that like I'm not always thinking about it and if there's an opportunity if there's even like the slightest door open <laughs> I'm busting it down like a SWAT team
1: okay yeah <laughs> would you buy lonesome dove merchandise like uh, socks shower curtain pizza I, cutter yep yep do, do yep. you <laughs> I,
0: there was a uh, there was a really shitty s- replica of that sign I was telling you about oh, on yeah. Amazon that like some idiot made, and it was like eighty dollars. <laughs> and I almost got it, but it, I just hated the person.
1: <laughs> Why did you hate that? How did you know they're and an no, they're, inter- like, idiot?
0: Their profile was so like I don't know. <laughs> it's like really this much. If it was. 40 bucks I would have gotten it. But there isn't a ton of merchandise for it. So I kind of just have to, you know, I was like, oh, I'll make the sign myself. Yeah. But I'm not handy. So (laughs) whoops.
1: But you, uh, would you want to? Are you that kind of obsessive that you would, if it was, if you were able to surround yourself with action figures and underwear and whatever?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would, um, in the way that right now I am wearing almost exclusively th- clothes from target <laughs> i would do the same thing with larry mcmurtry
1: okay if there's a larry mcmurtry uh, uh grocery department Jesus store Christ. would you <laughs> everything oh my is-
0: god oh my god it
1: was lonesome Dove yeah butter I, and
0: my uh my mom's cousin i don't know what that second third cousin i don't know she lives in texas she knows that i love larry uh a couple of years ago that right after I had visited Texas, it was his eightieth birth- birthday okay. and like some Texan magazine, some big you know, whatever thing yeah. magazine did this whole giant episode or uh not episode. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Once again, issue? I don't know. I don't know what words are or books. <laughs> no. I just know phones and television. Uh, yeah,
1: multiple versions of no.
0: They did this whole like edition of the magazine about him and she like mailed it to me. Oh, that's awesome. Right. So I'm not I uh you know, I'm not like I'll take what I can get. Okay. As far as Larry goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Would you cosplay as a lonesome Dove yep. character at a convention? <laughs> yep. Just have you? Have you gone to Halloween as Gus or whatever?
0: No, that's a great idea. Lisa and I should do that next year. Um Yeah, but I, I don't do I don't like go to a lot of places <laughs> that require me to wear a suit, like yeah. a fun costume.
1: Yeah. Would you enjoy it though if you're going yeah. to a Sorry. convention where everybody was doing cosplay and you're like, this is an opportunity for everybody to just express because conventions are so much going that way where it's not like, right. you have to be Thor. Like, just dress whoever you like. like oh, yeah. Uh, Dragon Con in particular. Oh, you always see a bunch of Walter Whites. Like, that's... Boy, do you. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, so if you're going to a place like that, would you want to dress up as a character?
0: Yeah, I think that it's the thing that I love the most that I would be like, oh, I want to be... Yeah. I want to be this character.
1: Which character would you pick?
0: Um, I, I would probably... I don't know. I mean gender aside i would probably just i would probably go with gus okay he's my favorite cool i don't know if he's my favorite i don't know (laughs) they're all my okay
1: you don't have to have a favorite you can go as gus one year and newt the next
0: there's this one okay there's this one very peripheral marginal peripheral character who's this like bug collector (laughs) i would be that guy i'd be like such an obscure character there you go he's so funny
1: the bug collector it's
0: just a bug he's just like an atom etim- is it an etymologist etymologist entomologist which is yes, just- entomologist it's an yeah. entomologist yeah it's a real slippery slope in that t and d yeah um yeah and he's just kind of like wandering around the country just finding bugs and he <laughs> floats in for a minute and you're like who the fuck who are you And he, he like they see him a couple times in swamps and stuff
1: I want you to do disappears. this just so I can see the conversation again and again of people politely going, "Who are you?" And you can say, "I'm the bug collector from Lonesome Dove."
0: I don't remember what his name. God, yeah, I don't remember what his name okay. is. Okay, anyway. that's fine.
1: The bug collector. We can all Google it. Yep. Uh, if the only way you could ever read Lonesome Dove again was stealing a copy from Barnes and Noble, would you do it?
0: Yeah. Are they even still open? <laughs> I'd be doing them a favor. <laughs> are... you would be doing them a favor. <laughs> the... <laughs> i'm just like pulling the trigger for the inevitable okay for poor barnes and Noble. you're just putting
1: them out of their misery yeah this is yeah. This?
0: it's my old this book is a mercy oh, a David. mercy yeah it's a mercy killing <laughs> i don't i don't know i'm gonna yeah. get a lot of internet hate i know no, how, like, i not. know how everybody loves Barnes and Noble.
1: It's less about destroying the institution of Barnes and Noble. Which and is the direction I went. <laughs> And more about, are you willing, which actually fits with the uh, the tattoo you want to get, are you willing to sort of cross a line and say, I'm a, I'm the kind of grape who steals books.
0: Oh, I see. Am I that grape? Are you that grape? Am I a book thief? Yeah. Are Do you I a ride thief? with book Do thieves? Do you ride with book thieves? I really don't want to be hung from a chaparral tree, but... <laughs> Ugh. I just love it. So- I own yeah. so many copies of that
1: book, though. Yeah, But if I it was go the use- only way.
0: If it was the only way, yeah.
1: You couldn't be without it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Absolutely. It's not an expensive book.
1: <laughs> Barnes & Noble will survive.
0: I mean, it's expensive now because they're going out of business. (laughs) (laughs) They're just dragging themselves.
1: Because the damn book thieves. Poor
0: guys. (sighs) Sorry, Barnes & Noble. I'll make a public apology on it, you know.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. We'll do that on a follow-up episode. All the apologies. Uh, If someone you loved was trapped on a desert island and you could not rescue them, but you could get them one book, would you send them Lonesome Dove?
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I would do it well over like how to build a plane out of sand and stuff.
1: (laughs) You would steal a copy of Lonesome Dove and get it to them.
0: Beach Junk and You. (laughs) The Survival's Guide. I would burn in a garbage pit and then I would send them Lonesome Dove.
1: (laughs) Do you actually think that Lonesome Dove would give people solace? I do think
0: that. I think it would would be like, hey, this is an adventure for me. Look at all these dark times these people went through. At least no one's you know like gently placing me on a tall wooden spike and then having it come out of my mouth and just letting me die that way (laughs) which is a thing that happens
1: (laughs) i'm glad to hear that's a thing that happens in the book instead of a thing you passionately just made up
0: yeah uh
1: fair enough would you Mm -hmm. yourself do an entire stand-up set as a comedian about lonesome dove
0: yeah i would cool I can't. No one knows what it is.
1: Well, that I mean, that's the question. Is uh, I, I think those kind of sets can be done, but they're hard to construct, right? That's true. Because that you have to acknowledge that people don't know the references while still trying to play with them.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I've slipped. I don't know. I, like I did a competitive erotic fan fiction for Oregon Trail, and there was a lot of kind of reminiscent lonesome okay. dove stuff in there. Yeah, I don't know. I you know. But yes, that's not an answer to your question. The answer to your question is yeah, and I probably will.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Wonderful. I think that'd be great. I'll invite you. Well, yeah, please do. And I will say yes on Facebook, and then I will actually come. I haven't if been you're on Facebook in dove. so long. Yeah, it's I'm just people it. saying yes to invites that they yeah. don't come. That's really most of Facebook.
0: That's all, about it. That's all yeah. it is.
1: Yeah, and sometimes people talk about their lives. Ugh. Every once in a while, pictures of food. I want to get back to those classic days. I want to know what people eat. That's really... it's
0: all babies and food with facebook
1: yeah i would take more food there's a lot of babies there's plenty of babies i'm so sick of babies
0: (laughs) i'm dried out on babies i was babysitting because i nanny i was babysitting this last summer a kid that i really like he was very sweet he's about a year and a half and uh one day i just looked at him and i was like i can't do this anymore (laughs) this isn't what i want give him
1: the uh, it's not you it's me speech
0: god barely yeah I just left him. I didn't. No, I, but I, I think my ovaries, like after, after I turned 29, they were like, what are you doing? Why are you outsourcing? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: is that, I'm not sure which way to interpret that. Is it that a desire to have children yeah, of your own yeah, or, yeah, or to yeah, say, screw kids. that? Okay. No,
0: I want kids. And it's just like my desire to take care of something that isn't mine. Yeah. It's just really withering.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I'm so bored by it.
1: Yeah. Ugh. I I have a friend and I this is just observation. I have no idea what the truth in her mind is. Uh <laughs> but she was a nanny for a while and, you know, on Instagram and I think to avoid invo- avoid confusion when she she wasn't a, a nanny on Instagram. She's a nanny who posted on Instagram. Right. Uh to avoid confusion, she started using the hashtag not my kid. Yeah. And then eventually she had children and then I think she has the hashtag my kid. And it was a fascinating process to watch from the outside and wonder if that is like a a natural progression to be like, yay, I love taking care of, of uh, young humans, but eventually uh, I want to get on to my own.
0: Yeah, that's 100% a thing. Like I have a niece and nephew, they're seven now, and every time I'm nannying and I'm like, I can't, why would I ever want children? It's a very effective Form of birth control (laughs) try to put a two-year-old's shoe on and be bit in the meat of the hand and then a week later try to put his pants on and have him look you in the eye and bend over and bite you in your thigh the (laughs) softest part of your thigh i wound back i wound back because when something bites you you want to hit it it's a natural human
1: instinct right i did safety yeah
0: i didn't do it and i'm a better person (laughs) than i thought i was for that action but, uh yeah, do that and then be like, oh, I still want one of these. Yeah. But then, then you, you see you know. your own and you're like, oh, God, that's what my nose kind of looks like. We're very petty <laughs> as human people.
1: And all of that is to say, I'm going to answer yes on Facebook if you invite me to your stand-up. Thank you. About Lonesome Dove. Uh, that was a, a great area to explore. Uh Anyway, if there was a Kickstarter for another Lonesome Dove book or movie, would you back it?
0: I would... uh I would sell all three of my dogs
2: <laughs>
0: to science and be like, I don't know. I don't want to know what you're going to do with them. I love them so much. Your dog? Yeah, yeah. But Oh, my God. I've read. I would read. I would do that with anything. I've read Larry's book about roads. He just went and drove around <laughs> America and wrote a book about highways. And I read it. I read it twice.
1: <laughs> okay. So that's a big old yes. Yeah. If this is the final one, if you're going to see Lonesome Dove on the big screen, uh, but a bear was blocking your way, would you try to get around the bear?
0: I mean, that would I feel like that would be part of the experience. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's like an IMAX. (laughs) Uh,
1: What if there was a what if it was more themed to Lonesome Dove and outside the door of the the screening, there was a mule and it was sort of like playing Russian roulette with a mule of as you walk past it, it may or may not kick you in the head. Would you risk that?
0: Yeah, I would. I don't have a lot going on. I can't imagine what else I'd be doing on what I assume would be like a Thursday night. It
1: would be a Thursday night. It's yeah. like a Thursday night thing. Yeah.
0: You're not going to get like a bunch of people on a Saturday to come out to, I don't know, the new Bev would be like, hey, we're showing Lonesome Dove, but there's a like an angry mule in the lobby. That's a Thursday night.
1: That's a Thursday night. Yeah. That's a gimmick to get people in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, but you would you would risk bodily harm in order to have the right kind of Larry McMurtry experience.
0: Mules are are not that tall either. <laughs> They're not they you know they can be though. It depends on what horse you made it with. Okay. What like the if a donkey and a horse are pretty tall, the mule would maybe cause a problem, but I I feel like it would be a little better than like you know, you don't want like a Tennessee Walker or Clydesdale. No. Punching you in the head with its foot. (laughs) No, you do not. I feel like I could dodge a mule pretty. They're just, they're (laughs) thicker. They're very smart. Okay. You know why people say they're stubborn? They're not actually stubborn. They're incredibly intelligent and they just take a lot of inventory in what they're doing. Okay. So they don't move. If they stop, they're like figuring out what they're going to do and what's best for them. Okay. They're really great.
1: They're like that gift that everybody uses of the person looking at all the math on the board. They're like, they're trying to figure it all yeah, out.
0: They're very strategic. Okay. I feel like they've had a bad rap. Pigs also. Oh, there's two, <laughs> there's two pigs in the book that are really exceptional. They make it all the way to Montana. <laughs> Spoiler.
2: Uh,
1: all right. In the spirit of the Montana pigs, uh, I asked everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise do you have for this?
0: Oh, God. I feel like I've screamed every time I've been on The, <laughs> the Sims And Okay. Um uh huh <laughs> how's that
1: uh, that is a strangely low energy noise for something you're no, this just passionate kind of, about
0: you know it's just like i feel like no one gets more excited than that in the book I'm like huh? it's very <laughs> really i don't know
1: is it a, are the characters bottled up emotionally
0: call is calls incredibly withdrawn sociopath okay uh Ha! I don't know. That's like driving some cattle. Nay!
1: All right. I accept this. Uh, These are all great noises because you're a good comedian and they're great contrast to yelling. But uh, you're going to take a sip of water and then I would love to hear the noise of you trying to sum up how... How the books make you feel.
0: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you meant just like a noise from the book.
1: <laughs> That's that,
0: sorry. Okay. You
1: can interpret it any way you want, but um, but I want you to to make a this is the way it makes me feel noise.
0: Okay, okay, I got it. Um Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't <know>. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs>
0: There's <laughs> such high levels of inhibition in some areas. So my I know. <laughs>
1: this, I think that's what uh, throws me off a it little does, bit. Is like, it's like All right. Let's start with her texting and talking about new words, new words for orgasms, and then when it comes to making a noise, you're like,
0: no, I can't. Yeah, it's ah, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. But at least I try, right? You do.
1: It's great. It's I, great. Just give, give it honest. all I have. You have. You have. It's been a long interview. I will I will stop pushing for more noises. No,
0: that's all right. Uh, wh- all right. Let yeah. me ask one more question. Please. Are you okay
1: with that? Yeah, all right. absolutely. Why do you think you are uninhibited in many ways?
0: A lot of ways. Most ways.
1: Why is this strange one little specific thing somehow suddenly inhibiting to you?
0: I don't know. There's like all <laughs> these, I have all these weird like crevices to my personality where i'm like that's a weird choice for me to be concerned about yeah i have i have a hard time being vulnerable in a lot of ways that okay are very weird i can talk how, about how i feel a lot but uh i feel like if i'm going to be compromised in some way i'm like Ugh. yeah but i don't know why then this <laughs> noise would be part of that Yeah, what an odd i i'm gonna have to go do some Deep soul searching. <laughs> all
1: right, fair on enough. On this, <laughs> they were all good noises. What
0: do you think it should be?
1: Uh, what yours be? What's
0: yours? What's uh, yours about Star Wars?
1: Uh, honestly, I think it is. The, it's like the lightsaber igniting is the first thing that comes to my mind of because it has that oh. like energy and forward motion, and really the lightsaber good. is like a a <laughs> symbol of I am going to. I think about Star Wars a lot, yeah. so it, it, to me, it's like it's the symbol of I am going to choose to take an action. And it's going to be a serious action that you yeah. can't take back. It's going to be getting close to someone and cutting a part of their body off, probably. Right. Or, you know, taking a big action because you have to.
0: That's a beautiful answer. Oh, thanks. What about like a, yeah! <laughs> How's that? That's a noise. That's
1: a great noise. <laughs> Is that for Star Wars?
0: <laughs> no, that's me. That's mine.
1: That's your, that's your noise for yourself? Yeah. So yeah. My, my,
0: yeah. For lots of time. I'm like, yeah. yeah. But also, it's like the sound you make to like drive cattle.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: My Star Wars nerd would be like... Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a great one, too. It's that's just, like Yoda. Yeah, a weird little creature. Yeah. Yeah, that's Yoda getting up in the morning, right?
2: Sorry for him. All
1: right, we're going to do some plugs. Uh, where can people find you on social media if you want to be found at all?
0: Oh, please find me on Instagram. It's my favorite medium. Yeah. I like that you have to show a thing. Yeah. You have some proof of, you know, existing. <laughs> uh... Uh, oh, it's just Phoebe Bottoms. Just okay. P h o e b e.
1: Nice. Just a, your name. Just my name. No bullshit. No bullshit. P
0: h o e b e. Yeah. P h o e b e. God damn it.
1: <laughs> and you have Twitter, but you don't use it very often. Right?
0: I I have Twitter. I don't. Yeah. I I don't know why I don't. I should use it more. You can yeah. follow me on Twitter though okay. if you want. But Instagram's kind of like. Yeah. I don't know. I like it the most. Instagram is great. The, uh, the you, interface you, you, is fun for me.
1: Yeah, it's nice and straightforward. And yeah. your Instagram's really fun. It's great. There were a lot of dog pictures there for a while, which is great. Oh, God.
0: That's a lot. I have so many dogs. (laughs) There's so many dogs. I'll come back and do dogs someday. I'm fucking obsessed
1: with
2: dogs.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Here's some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out that Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. Info on all my upcoming shows in comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon, full info on that, patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions. Yeah. You ready? Hit me. If you could clone yourself, would you? Yeah. Okay, I cool. I want
0: children. That's <laughs> kind of the same idea.
1: <laughs> you just want to see your nose.
0: I like On knows. another
1: sentient being.
0: Yeah, it's my dad's nose.
1: Yeah, carry nice.
0: that, carry that bottom's line. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Clone. Uh,
1: you. So that's cool that you just had no hesitation whatsoever. Is
0: it? I'm very <laughs> vain. <laughs> all
1: right. I was. This is the first time I've asked that one, and I was curious if there would be a lot of moral wrestling. No, nope. not at all. Awesome.
0: I'm, yeah. Because when you clone a thing, it's natu- It's like the age that you are when you're cloned, because it's the DNA that's like existing yeah. in that moment. So I feel like I could like look at myself and be like, oh, I don't like that. You know, it'd be sort of a test run. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Good question. Keep it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I will.
1: If you could write a word or phrase on the moon, what might it be?
0: Um, I would probably write, I don't know, like, hey, it's me, the moon. Get ready. You're <laughs> going to live here in not very long.
1: <laughs> so it's kind of an ad for the moon. It's
0: for sure an ad for the moon. It's
1: a real salty ad for the moon.
0: It's, yeah, the moon doesn't want us, but. Yeah. It's, I don't but know. It knows. Are we going to live on the moon? We'll just live on Mars, right? There's not a lot going on on the moon. <sighs> I don't know. It's not a planet.
1: Have I told you about my moon thing that I feel guilty that we don't live there? No, please do. I had a teacher who was very kind and sensitive uh, in, I believe, fourth grade. One of the only like, kind, sensitive teachers I had, Mr. File, who uh, was convinced that we would live on the moon. And like he would just say it like often as a fact of like of course when you get older the way science is progressing you will live on the moon oh, no. and i always feel like i let mr vile down because i don't live on the moon
0: you know, well i mean is he dead you think i uh, probably oh no because i was gonna say my <laughs> ad would be like really <laughs> helpful for him
1: yeah yeah we'll get there we'll get there right i'll put a quote on
0: yeah you can be a testimonial
1: okay i yeah. think that's a great i love that answer yeah and I've asked this question a lot, so also
0: like if you if anything's I know this like is astute like maybe a dumb direction to take this, but like if anything's gonna be written on the moon, it's gonna be ads. Yeah. It's gonna be advertising. So
1: why not have the moon advertise for itself?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna get you know.
1: If you lived here, you'd be home by now on the moon. <laughs> 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 it's so dumb
0: got a lemon we'll buy it i'm the moon the earth is slowly turning into a lemon
1: it really is we
0: gotta leave
1: yeah i know We gotta
0: go somewhere else i, I hate know. that we're just here's the thing is i i hate the idea of like trashing the house and then we like bye <laughs> your bye. turn to clean up well but what f- can we do i feel like it would be so happy if we left
1: oh god yeah
0: here because the thing not to get into this whole thing but Every t- it's so arrogant to be like, we're killing the earth. Like, the earth is just trying to get rid of, like, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. The earth will be fine. Yeah. If we Said laugh, old George it'd be great. Carlin bit. Yeah. It's like, the earth is totally okay. It is <laughs> actively working. it's We're just getting rid of all the stuff we need to live, but like,
1: yeah but they're still going to go yeah, flying dude. around in space having a grand yeah, old time. Yeah. It's
0: going to re it's going to like shut down for a little bit and be like, "Whoa. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> I can't do that again."
1: You're totally describing the earth is like maybe a 56-year-old couple where like uh, the kids have all moved out yeah. and they're sort of reassessing like what do I want to do with the rest of my life?
0: They're going to turn they're going to turn every continent into an office yeah. or like a home gym. <laughs> There's going to be rowing machines on every major like like city yeah it was like oh god they're gone the
1: earth is just waiting to be like an empty nest sitcom yeah
0: that's exactly right that's awesome like, oh good the tornadoes took everybody <laughs> off all
1: right the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness
0: um I think happiness is uh you know surrounding yourself with people that make you better yeah just going back to the old the old uh saying yeah that I'll someday have etched permanently on my body <laughs> It's just like it's finding a group of people that you want to be like and yeah. then emulating that and being a mirror for everyone around you.
1: That's awesome. Just That's a bunch it. of a bunch of good grapes is, yeah. is happiness. Good grapes. That is an awesome answer. Thank you so much for doing the podcast again. Thanks
0: as always. Yeah. Love we'll it.
1: We'll have you back to talk about dogs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're already practicing making noises. Yay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. That is our podcast.
2: You've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest great five stars if you're impressed
0: i i love that in the beginning of the book there's these two sows that gus is really fond of and the book starts with them just eating a rattlesnake and i think that's i think that's great